I swear we used to do it later, and I feel like you've gotten like faster, and I've really just leaned into that tradition. I think what you mean by that is I've gotten more efficient. You've gotten, did said it weird? You've gotten less efficient. Well, as I've gotten older, I've I've just learned to like appreciate like the grace in things. You know. Hi, Mary. This is Tyler. Um, <laughs> I just wanted you to be able to hear that I truly have actually lost my voice. Uh, okay. Let me know about a possible reschedule, uh, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. <laughs> and there it's it incredible. is. Can I explain myself? Or I'll give you the opportunity to in a second. Let's just do the intro. Okay, pal. Wait, wait. What are we talking about today? Howdy, folks. Welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, early morning walks, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your host, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other host, Woody Brown. Hey, pal. Hey, man, you sound a million times better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm back at it. I mean, back before at, we back even the start game. the show, bro, I got to say thank you to somebody. Mm. First, thank you to, to the listeners if you're, if you're coming back and joining us after just having to deal with uh, the co-host's voice last week. But, you know, I don't like to make fun of folks. And so I have a special thank you to the one and the only Miley Cyrus, who was actually the co-host last week. The journey yeah. is usually the part that you remember anyways. <laughs> oh, my gosh, um, dude. Yeah, so what you played up top was, I can't get super into it, but I'm talking to this company about uh, possibly a sort of job situation, you know, the whole thing. And we had set up an interview for the following day after you heard that podcast. And I was thinking, it can't get any worse than the day that you heard last week's episode because yeah. it was awful. Well... It was not the worst because I woke woke up the following morning and I sounded like a straight up serial killer with like Man. a like a voice you know voice what did, what would you call those uh, things like a voice changer yeah I think right? there's like a like an official name though well all I know is talk boy like Tyler's explaining that he texts me and says man I'm glad we recorded yesterday because boy I've re- you should hear me now and then he sends mm-hmm. he texts me. This voice memo that he recorded for this uh, mm-hmm. for this person, and yeah. I've never laughed so hard in my life. Because well, like, I, I just I, I didn't want to like flake out our first sort of correspondence, mm-hmm. and I was like, God, this sounds I sound like a serial killer, mm-hmm. but I felt like I still needed to like show her that I wasn't like making it up, you know? Right, but then it's kind of like with kids. When somebody does that, it's kind of like, hmm, maybe this guy just yelled into a pillow for a couple of hours to get out of this thing. <laughs> you know, it's like whenever you're intentionally just yeah, proving right. that um, you're not lying when no one's suspecting you of lying equals you're lying. You don't know It's a very like, I think you should leave. Uh, yeah, right, right. Plot, for sure. <laughs> oh. Uh, so what are we... Uh, it's interesting because I had one idea for this. And then it's going to kind of evolve into something else entirely, I think. But today, let me just say this. I ran across this old article written in 1948 by this guy named R.J. Crescenzi. Okay. Mm. 
And okay. it was the title of the article that kind of struck me. And I knew immediately that's what at least our episode should be, you know, also entitled mm-hmm. because it's just great. And the article was called Invisible Beings Walk the Earth. Mm. And, well, I mean, I don't think we need to waste any time, dude. I think we should just kind of yeah. dive into this because I think listeners, we're just going to talk about a lot of crazy stuff that is mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's kind of typical for us. So here's the article. And we'll kind of break in and out of it, dude, because like I'm going to read it and sometimes I'm going to say like, no, it doesn't really sound, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, now keep in mind, guys, this was written in 1948. It says, the first time I ever witnessed spirit phenomena was in the seclusion of my own home. Without the presence of any medium or any strangers. My young wife had attended a spirit seance with a woman friend, kind of a weird way to say it, and was much impressed. We decided to investigate spirit phenomena ourselves. A medium, J.F. Ireland, sounds made up already. Mm -hmm. But that's okay, maybe he's using like a pseudonym. What is it, pseudonym? Pseudonym? No. Uh, Surname? Maybe he's using a fake name to just, you know, protect their identity. So a medium, J.F. Ireland, gave us explicit instructions on how to hold a seance circle at our home so that we could discover the truth personally and without outside help. We invited five married couples to join with us, all close friends. I prepared a large bedroom upstairs. Oof. Oh, boy. I mean, here we go. Oh, boy. Mirror walls. to take a turn here. I prepared a large bedroom upstairs by putting dark curtains at the five windows and placing chairs around a small but rather heavy table. On the table, we placed a vessel full of water with some flowers in it, a mouth organ, and a small bell. Now, does he mean like harmonica? Mouth organ? Or like a, is it called like Jew harp? Oh, man. I think that's what it's called. No, it's called a jaw harp. No, I think it's Jew harp. No, Nope. I swear on my life. I'm not putting that in there, dude. Hold on a second, but I'm not saying that on air. Oh, okay. Jews harp. <laughs> no. I, dude, it's on Wikipedia. No, no. Dude, the Jews harp. The jaw. Oh, man. Dude, look. The Jews harp, also known as jaw harp, juice harp, or mouth harp. Yeah, that's what but it that's is. That's a mouth harp. Let's see what a mouth, What what is it? A mouth. The Jews heart. What did he call it? A mouth organ? What did he say? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, uh, we're getting real deep in it. We're not even one paragraph into the story. <laughs> we're already, like, almost far from the dock. Good God. Yeah, Jews heart. I'm not putting that in my Google. <laughs> or an Ozark heart. Oh, wow. Mouth organ is a uh, any free reed aerophone with one or more air chambers fitted with a free reed. I mean, basically, harmonicas come up whenever you look up uh, a mouth organ. Oh, man. Jews, Jews harp music. Here we go. Please. Okay. I just want to prove that we're not being racist. Okay. So they've got the, uh, they've got flowers, they've got a small bell, and a Jew harp. There it is. We locked the door, and the 12 of us seated ourselves in a circle, mm. away from the table and close to the wall. We joined hands in a circle. Sitting there in the darkness, we sang several religious songs and repeated the invocation of the Lord's Prayer, then waited in silence. The only sound in the room was that of our own breathing. After five minutes, 
we again joined in singing and then listened. Suddenly, we all felt the chill of cold water being sprinkled upon us. and the leaves and petals of the flowers falling over our persons. We began asking questions of the invader of our dark room, but no answer came back to any of us at that time. After a moment or so of silence, my wife said loudly, Here, leave my hair alone. Oh, somebody's hands are loosening my hair. At the same time, we could hear hairpins hitting all over the room. One of the men exclaimed, Hey, somebody has hung something on my right ear. I believe it's a hairpin. Who is it? Boy. And then came a woman's clear voice in instant answer. Neoma. Neoma was the name of my wife's sister, who had passed away several years before. Meanwhile, all the hairpins had been taken out of my wife's nearly five feet long hair. Jeez. Wow. I mean, that's That's crazy enough on its own. In our excitement, we broke up the meeting by turning on the light. That shining mass of hair was spread over the back of my wife's chair and trailed onto the floor as if arranged for a portrait. We were all excited. Who or what had sprinkled the water and flowers? Who had pulled the hairpins and arranged my wife's hair so artistically? We knew it could not have been one of us for we were sitting still in our chairs, holding each other's hands. The door was securely locked and the key was in my wife's purse. This event happened 46 years ago and I have since witnessed hundreds of spirit phenomena. I have seen spirits. I have watched objects materialize before my eyes. I have been in constant contact with a young son who passed away 23 years ago at the age of Mm. 16. I have seen and experienced hundreds of things for which there seemed to be no other explanation than that they were performed by the invisible beings who surround us. Now, if you're just tuning in, folks, this is me reading the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't my own experiences, okay? Getting back to it. During these years, I have seen many fake mediums. I have helped to expose some of them. I believe that only about a fourth of mediums are genuine. At the same time... I believe that only another fourth are out-and-out fakes. Yeah. Of the others, it has been my experience that another fourth are self-hypnotized and believe that they are working as true mediums but are incapable of anything but auto-suggestion. Another fourth, Mm. I guess the last fourth really, are those persons who work not only through spirit but also their objective selves and cannot be trusted for that reason. After our first experience in that darkened bedroom, we held our meetings once each week through the winter and spring. Independent voices began to come at our third seance and the sounds of singing and playing instruments. Important advice came from voices out of the air on business matters, health, and so on. Once, an independent voice sang in two strange tongues at the same time. While his words in the two languages, he said they were old Arabian and Persian, were meaningless to us, yet they were clearly enunciated and blended in a delightful manner quite impossible to describe in written words. After we turned on the light at the close of one meeting, the table which had stood directly in the center of the room and weighed close to 40 pounds had completely disappeared from the room. 
When we descended the stairs, there it was, resting topside down on the library table in the living room. None of us had heard any noise during the seance that could have been made by removing the table. Now, that's just crazy, man. I'm going to stop right there for just a second. You're gathered, you're sitting around the table, you're holding hands, and then whenever you turn the lights on, the table's gone. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting, man. It it is kind of weird because you said it's 1948. Yeah, 1948 when this article was published, yeah. Oh, when it was published. Because I think like the 20s were sort of when um, the spiritualist movement kind of died out. I think like halfway through like the 1800s, so 18, like 50s, it really like started getting like, you know, the Mm -hmm. rave, like Mm -hmm. everybody was sort of obsessed with it and like all your, uh, you know, your Fox sisters and all those folks, which I do believe that like a lot of that stuff is like charlatan. Well, so here's my thought. I think, I think when it comes to like mediums specifically, like especially around that era, I think that either you had folks that were like truly kind of like sort of uh, tapping into that. Mm-hmm. However, I just, I don't know where I'm at in life now. I don't know that I believe as much anymore that it was like they're truly kind of like channeling like mm. this woman's you know, son that passed away or whatever. I kind of think they're either charlatans or they're tapping into something that's like sort of masquerading as Mm. the Mm. son. Yeah, and I think you've talked about that before, like almost like a you're opening up this, um, Mm -hmm. I I don't even know what to call it, but like a we'll just call it a door, okay? You're opening up Mm -hmm. this door. You're unlocking this ability for something else to come into our world, whether that's our reality, our spiritual world, whatever. And it's almost like it's some sort of trickster archetype that's coming in, masquerading, like you said, as as someone familiar to you. So then you can kind of be like, oh, I'm comfortable with this and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, unbeknownst to you, it's doing terrible things. Let's jump back in the article. Mm-hmm. And see if uh, if our minds change because there's a couple things too that like already I'm kind of a little skeptical about. But okay, let's jump back in. Well, wait real quick. Sorry, hey. I know that. <laughs> One thing that I do think is interesting is when when they do these things and they start off with like the Lord's Prayer or mm-hmm. I don't know why I just and I don't know maybe like growing up sort of in the Bible Belt and like this tiny little. Uh, like Baptist church, you know, as a kid. But it's always so weird to me like that whenever I I hear stuff like that, like that sort of juxtaposition of like, okay, we're doing this thing that is like, you know, esoteric or sort of occult-ish, I guess. And then, but we're going to lead it off with like the prayer. Mm -hmm. I've always thought that was like just pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like you wonder when, because by the time we were growing up, Mm -hmm. it was kind of like made known to us. Hey, you don't mess with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right? No Ouija boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, remember, let me kind of circle back. Table disappeared. They go downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's laying top down on the table that's in their library, okay? They didn't hear mm-hmm. anything. They didn't whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody's opening doors. They just turn on the light. Boom, it's gone, all right? And and, and how, how long was that period of time that they did the, just the seance? During, just during the seance, man. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know if there was time for like... Maybe two of the guys to like sneak. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't ask the guy. This article was written a long time ago. Okay. Okay. 
Back into it. The following mm-hmm. fall, we resumed our seances in the downstairs living room, sitting about the library table and holding our hands upon it, palms down. Loaded with books and other objects, the table must have weighed about 250 pounds. Mm. At about the middle of that group of meetings, the heavy table, without any warning, began to lift itself from the floor. Mm. A voice we had not heard before said, Kick your chairs back and hold on to the table because it wants to fly away. Wow. That's weird. Dude. That's a rambunctious table. I mean, it needs to settle down. We all put our weight onto the table in an effort to hold it down, but it kept rising. Finally, when we were on tiptoe, one of our group called out, let's go. We did so and pushed ourselves and our chairs back close to the wall. Soon, we heard the table strike the beamed ceiling and the same voice said, keep to the wall where you are. Then, the Mm. table came down to rest on the floor as lightly as a feather. Mm. Even a thousand of you would not have been able to hold it down, the voice said. A few meetings after this, we were requested to construct a pine wood box. Now they're taking orders? I mean, this is just, you know. Which honestly, like, and not to derail it, but that that's how this, a lot of these things, like, they, that's sort of the pattern. It starts off, like, very sort of subtle. And then, like, you know, this is, again, this is like a theme that pops up in a lot of our episodes mm-hmm. where, you know, they're sort of putting this belief. They're putting this, like, intention, and then it just ramps up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the Bell Witch was the same way. Mm. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. Hear more about this rad strangeness on That Would Be Rad, Season 2, Episode 53, The Bell Witch Halloween Special. Yeah, it's almost like more interaction and more, because now, you know, remember, the guy said that they started doing this every week. You're right, exactly. Right? And so it's yeah. like every time they do it, it's just like strengthening yeah, exactly. that ability. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing it reminds me of is, which as a kid of the 80s, probably before too, is, uh, was, did your table just level? Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) Hello. Oh boy. Did you just cut out, man? Bud. Dude, I just, yeah, weird, man. What just happened? I mean, so my phone, I mean, it was in my hand. It didn't just float up, but it fell out of my hand and then... The recording software just stopped. What? Yeah, I don't know, dude. Let's not. I don't. Oh boy, is it happening? Wow. Uh, uh, no. Wait, can what? We change what, subject here. Anyways, <laughs> I liked Teddy Rucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. It, you know, if you were a kid in the eighties, uh, probably earlier. Also, you know that you we, you probably played it as a kid, like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Uh, did you ever do that? I mean, yeah, but I never believed it. I feel like we did it as kids, but honestly, like, I don't know. I, I don't really have a remember. Like, I feel like I remember something happening, but I, that's pro- I'm sure that's probably my mind just kind of filling in the gaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I just remember, like, somebody's sister did that, and they're like, Lina, and then I was the chubby kid, and I was like, oh, I'm not doing it. You're not going to be light as a feather yeah. in me, man, because then everybody's going to make fun of me. Okay, let's just get back in here, dude. Okay, so it says, A few meetings after this, we were requested to construct a pine wood box fastened together with screws and enclose a certain book. I built the box myself of three-quarter inch boards. At the next meeting, I placed the book inside the box with everyone present 
and observing. I then screwed down the lid. At the end of the seance, the book was found on top of the table. The box seemed unmarked in any way. When we unscrewed the lid, we found that the box was empty. Without the presence of a medium, I have only once seen a spirit. I had owned two beautiful dogs, Juno and her offspring, Cubby, both of which disappeared one day. I was very fond of them and grieved deeply. I awoke one morning and found the cold muzzle of Cubby in my face. Where's Juno? I asked her, and she looked with mournful eyes to the door. My voice awakened my wife, and we looked toward the door and saw a man dressed in white. Ooh. We recognized him as an acquaintance who had died some ten months before and whose daughter had been given a puppy, a sister of Cubby. He spoke to us. Somebody else has her, and she could not come. Then both man and dog disappeared, and we knew that our pets were dead. What? Wait, what now? So basically, his dogs go missing, okay? And then in the middle of the night one night, he awakes, I'm sorry, he wakes early in the morning and he sees one of the missing dogs just sort of like looking at him. And he asks this dog, hey, where's Juno? And Juno kind of, or I'm sorry, this dog kind of looks towards the door, which brings, you know, the focus of this guy's attention to the doorway where this dude is dressed up in, he's all in white. And it's a guy Mm. that they had known who they gave one of their main dog's puppies to. And that guy had died 10 months before. And the guy spoke to them and said, someone else has her and she could not come. So it's like, whoa, yeah, man. Weird. Okay. Now, if that isn't enough, he says, the most incredible incident I ever witnessed did more than anything else to keep me from being a cynical unbeliever. About 25 years ago, I attended the service in a spiritualist church where a capable and renowned medium was the speaker and had charge of the work. He usually spoke under full control, and this night, after he was entranced, instead of starting his lecture, he announced that his subject would be an answer to a certain minister who had been preaching against spiritualists' activities as works of the Mm -hmm. devil. Mm -hmm. Quote, To make my answers to this minister more forceful and convincing, said the speaker, I need something that I must send for. Then he sat down and bowed his head. Intently I watched him, his surroundings, and the large unopened Bible on the table on the rostrum. In about five minutes, I saw a medium-sized red book placed by invisible hands on top of the Bible. Mm. The speaker arose then, stepped to the rostrum, and his controlling intelligence explained that this was the only book of its kind in America, and that it would provide the key to what he wanted to find in the Bible. He consulted it, read a passage, and went on with his lecture. Now, what of the book? After the lecture, I asked the medium where it had come from. He did not know, but suggested I asked the control. Don't know what that means. Soon, I was talking to the member of the controlling band of intelligences through the medium. Wait, what is So this? I'm thinking this. I think he goes up to the medium. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the main guy, main character, mm-hmm. walks up to the medium, asks him this question. The medium then says, I don't know, you're going to have to ask, you know, the the spirits or whatever. Oh, I see. So he then asks the medium to like communicate which, with the spirits. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. 
And so it says, uh, the intelligence says, okay, and then so they answer and they reply back. And why do you want to know, Richard, where I got the book? Oh, out of curiosity and to find out what a big thief you are, I replied jokingly. Mm. It belongs to Mrs., and then it says name omitted, of Brady, Ohio, who is now at the winter camp at Casadega, Florida. When I was told that the book was needed, I had to find out who had it and where. My hardest work was to dematerialize it out of the steel safe. Then I had to take it out of the locked and boarded up mansion and put it together again here in Tampa. It took me about five minutes, and that is the slowest work I've done in a very long time. What? Whoa. Dude, that's, that, that is a fascinating statement. I, I thought it was the guy using a hypothetical of like, oh, if I did this, then I would have to do this, 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 this. But this is like the, the actual like quote unquote yeah, he's given spirit. Like, this is what I did. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. Weird. So Mrs. Krasinski, the author's wife, had written down the name and address of the lady who owned the red book. Two days later, she went to Casadega to learn the truth. She found the lady named and asked her if she was indeed the owner of the book. Why, yes, the woman answered. It is in my safe with other valuables in my house at Brady, Ohio, but I am curious to know why you ask. When my wife explained that the book was now in the First Spiritualist Church of Tampa, the woman said that it could not have been borrowed in any other way without blowing the safe. Hmm. We send the book back in the spring after the woman had returned home. <laughs> what? This is crazy. Oof, this is crazy, man. All right. During the First World War, we received news from a martyred European king whose country fought with the Allies. I did not know the cause of our spiritual rapport with the king unless it was because there had been a warm friendship between him and some of my relatives in Italy. Hey, I knew there was something about there you this. Go. Yeah. Eleven days before the end of the war, he predicted that the butchery was practically ended and took his leave of us for the last time. I have many friends who can witness that I frequently told them of war developments before they actually happened. So he's basically saying during World War I, he had regular communication with some martyred European king who would give him information about things that would be happening in the war much before they actually happened. Man, that's pretty cool. That that was one of those things that always used to fascinate me as a kid growing up. Those like stories of like, you know, like World War II, like like a medic would just show up and like, you know, they would they mm -hmm. believed it was like an angel. It would just like this guy would just appear and then like heal the wound and then they would look over and he would be gone kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff. It's cool. Man. It kind of sounds like they have, they had like a, it's almost like if they had the modern version of that would be a fresh supply of magic mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was waiting on it. What do you think so far? Bial? Dude, I think it's amazing. I mean, usually I'm not, I don't know. There's something about like these traditional sort of like ghost or medium stories that like, I've, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I'm just sort of like kind of jaded against, but like. That like really piqued my interest. Like when he when it's basically giving like this sort of process mm. instead of just like, oh, I just made it appear. He's like, I had to basically dematerialize it and go inside the safe. Like that's that's wild. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's super wild. Now, these folks were trying to, I guess, achieve better communication with spirits and all that kind of stuff. But what if instead like you, they were trying to, you know, be more productive. 
more alert, more chill during the day, right? Mm. If only these folks would have had magic mind, just imagine the possibilities. They might not even have to turn off the lights, close the door, sit around a table yeah. and, uh, and all that. They might just figure something else out to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, ever since I started you know, drinking magic mind, incorporating it into my daily routine, I got to be honest, man, I really dig it. It does what it says it's going to do. Mm-hmm. It keeps me focused. I don't feel jittery. Uh, oh, cool. I thought you were going to help me. Anyway, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I can if you want me to. I'm just trying to think of where. A lot of times, so many of these things that uh, people talk about in terms of energy and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. are all these like weird artificial ingredients. They're not organic. They don't come from earth. But with Magic Mind, that's different. You've got matcha for sustained energy, mm-hmm. bacopa monieri for memory, ashwagandha to, to help tame stress, lion's mane, plus uh, cordyceps mushrooms for clarity and vitality. So here's the thing. If you want to level up your game like us, head over to magicmind.com slash brad and join us and a squad of high achievers. Don't forget to snag your discount up to 56% off your first subscription or 20% off of a single purchase using the code BRAD20. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. Uh, One of the things about the story that is really interesting is the idea of, you know, when you you think about like, quote unquote, like hauntings or like ghosts or or whatever, uh, you know, it's, it's oftentimes you know, related to like poltergeist type activity. And I do kind of right. like the idea of it being less about just these objects like levitating and stuff and more mm-hmm. that it's kind of just being carried by this like unseen or invisible being. Yeah. I think that's really cool. For sure. And this is the first time I've ever read. And again, that's not a very... I don't know, for context into, to, I guess, significance there. This is the first time I've ever read anything about, like, materialization of, of things mm-hmm. being performed by the Spirit. Yeah, exactly. You know, and trying and explaining it and all that. I mean, that said, I don't really read a ton about seances. I'm never, uh, you know, that's not how I'm spending my Friday nights. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not into it. But it's super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. So he keeps on going. He says, about 20 years ago, uh, we joined a group of spiritualists on a fish fry at the edge of the bay near the mouth of a creek. As we were getting ready to leave, we watched a small boy snap a picture of some large bushes of mangrove and sea grapes at the edge of the creek. He was using an old-style camera with dry plates, three by four inches in size. He had taught himself to develop negatives and print his own pictures. That same evening... He developed the plate and made several prints. I saw one of these prints the next morning. Intermingled with those bushes along the edge of the water were 36 faces of spirits, all clearly identifiable. There were men and women, children, and 
octogenarians? Yeah, it's people that can basically claim to live on oxygen alone. They don't have to eat or consume anything. Huh? Are you making it up? No, no, no. I'm, I'm serious. I've, I've been dubious of it, but I, that's about as far as I, I... I mean, that's about as much as I know about it, yeah. Wow. Um, I've never heard that term before. That's interesting. Several were easily recognized as local persons who had been dead for varying periods of time. This young lad was self-taught. His parents knew nothing of photography. He could never have been able to insert one face in the photograph, much less 36. I am mm. convinced that they put themselves in view of the camera because they were there rejoicing with the living mortals who believed and knew that they were not dead, but only separated for a time. There are several ways in which an inexperienced person can detect the real from the faked. For one thing, there's a peculiar and distinctive odor at the first sign of a truly materialized intelligence. It is the same odor that faintly permeates a room where a dead, per- oof, where a dead person is lying in state after rigor mortis is set in. Mm-hmm. Another thing, when a genuine medium is tied, he is invariably uses a small soft cord. Here we go. The fake medium invariably uses a stiff cord or rope. If a true materialization medium is willing to subject himself to a test, the procedure will be something like this. The medium will be using a soft cotton cord about 3 16th inch in diameter and about 10 feet long. He enters the, ca- the cabinet, which may be no more than a corner hung off with dark curtains, and he calls the audience to come and inspect him. He shows them the cord and asks them to search his clothes. After the inspection, he remains seated and the curtain is closed. The audience sings a song. The medium is taken under spirit control and tied, procedure lasting about half a minute. A new voice is then heard, calling the audience to turn on the light and inspect the medium. This is done. He will, he will be found to be in complete trance, insensible to sound or pain. His ankles are looped tight with a double hitch knot into the legs of the chair between rungs. I mean, this is getting serious. Mm-hmm. The two ends of the cord are passed around the back of the chair and cross each other, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so basically, when you're testing a medium, he goes into a closet or behind a curtain, and then he's tied up to a chair and, like, super fast. Um, so, uh, like, have you ever heard of that? A materialization? Never. Medium? Mm-mm. Yeah, me neither. mm his ankles are looped tight with a double hitch. The two ends of the quarter pass through the back of the chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wrists are wrapped four or five times from front toward the back, and the end of the cord is slipped under, under the turns and brought to the front again. And then the cord is wrapped so tightly that the only way the end can be shoved under is in the way of a, in the way a rigger does with a marlin spike, or uh, the ends are put under, then wrapped over. I mean, this is getting real detailed about the types of knots yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Basically, they can't move. Okay, so 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 that's part of the the deal with the materialist medium, I guess. Like, yeah, and whenever he is basically saying, like, okay, I accept your challenge, and here here's you know the test. Okay, once this inspection is completed, the seance is then resumed. Spirits manifest through the curtains. The audience will see only the face of some and the full form of others. Wow. Hmm. Many walk out to speak with some dear friend who may be present. This keeps on until the strength of the medium is exhausted and controlling spirit calls a halt. This kind of reminds me of that movie. Um, 
with Edward Norton. Oh yeah. Um, um, God, there were two at the same time. Yeah. Uh, one was The Illusionist. That's it. What was the That's other? It. Then? The other one. I forget the other one with Christian Bale. Yeah. I like the Edward Norton one a lot better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like them both. The lights come on again, and the medium is still seen to be securely tied. The curtains go down again, and in only two or three seconds, the cord flops onto the floor, and the medium comes out, rubbing his wrists and ankles to restore normal circulation. He, he gives another example of a test who are not subject to being tied. So, I mean, is it kind of in a way, you know, like the the classic, like sort of illusionist, like uh, like Houdini would would tie himself up? Is it like something like that? Or is he tied up and then something is just like appearing? Tied up? It sounds like he's tied up behind this curtain. Mm -hmm. And then during that time, people are seeing things come in and out of the curtain. Or I guess maybe pressed up against the curtain. I don't know. Sometimes just the face, sometimes a full body. Oh, weird. Okay, so he says that there's a test to give mediums who are not subject to being tied. And he explains a time that he tried it. So a young medium came to Tampa, and they invited 36 people to witness his work. Among the guests were two ministers, and the cabinet was erected in a corner. I guess the cabinet is just kind of, you know, what they are calling, like, the area where, where this stuff goes down. All windows were darkened. Oh, wait. It says the cabinet was erected in a corner between two doors. All windows were darkened, doors locked, and the keys were held by one of the ministers. The medium was stripped to his shorts. His bare feet were placed in a large pan of flour on the floor. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've heard about this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, just to see where the footsteps are. So, I mean, that's like in this that's like the old uh, the old Gravity Hill trick where mm-hmm, they'd put, mm-hmm. like, baby powder and you'd see the little kid's hands oh, pushing boy. the car. Yeah, that's, that's weird. That's terrifying. I mean, that's like an uh, his, So his, his large pan of flour on the floor and his hands were filled with flour as well and placed on his knees. 67, wow, here we go. We're just making all kinds of claims in this article. 67 full-sized spirits manifested that evening. What? They were of all ages, all kinds of dress, and even a large Chinese person came out into the middle of the room and spoke to us in broken English saying, God bless you, brothers and sisters, for your work in establishing a lost truth. Hmm. Interesting. At the end of the seance, we found the medium exactly as we had left him, except that there was not a speck of flour to be seen anywhere. On his hands, on his feet, in the pan, or on the floor. Hmm. Now, this was 1948 or whatever. They didn't have a vacuum cleaner. Interesting. My wife was warned of the approaching death of her mother by her father, a Civil War veteran who had passed away when she was a small girl. She hastened to Sullivan, Indiana, only to find her mother in such good health that she thought the warning must have been false. But just a few days later, her mother complained of being ill, took to her bed, and passed away. Wow. For several months after the death of our beloved 16-year-old son, I mean, this gets really sad here, 23 years ago, we tried unsuccessfully to communicate with him. Then six months to the day of his death, we established contact. Not through a medium, but direct. We were visiting our married daughter in the evening, and she was playing the phonograph. No sooner had the music begun than both ceiling chandeliers and a Chinese vase suspended from an archway began swinging and swaying in rhythm to the music. Mm. The chandeliers were heavy, 
and the doors and windows were closed. How strange. They've never done that before, our daughter said. Mama, I bet this is Brother Lancelot. Hmm, okay. Interesting. Is that you, Lance? The chandeliers stopped swinging at once, and the vase began revolving in a rotary motion as if it had gone crazy. That was our first contact with our lost Lance. We established a code for questions and answers, and this reunion lasted until late that night. 23 years have gone by, and while we have been separated by, to us, an uncrossable chasm, we have been in constant contact with our boy. We have been able to converse with him at any time we wish. He has never failed us. See, that's Yikes. that's like what you're saying up top. That's where, where mm. I start getting real... Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. Lance has opened his sister's room on hot nights. He has opened the front door for us when we had left the key inside the house. One morning, he brought my watch that I had left upstairs in a trouser pocket and deposited it on a table in my little laboratory in the backyard. He restored a fountain pen and house robe which were stolen on different occasions. Whenever any one of us is perplexed about a problem, we place a small writing tablet and pencil on a small table and without fail, within 24 hours, we find written on the tablet the answer to our problem. We have seen Lancelot several times, and I have shaken hands with him. I've even kissed him. In my mind, there is no doubt our dear ones are not lost forever. And that's the end of that article. I mean, it's, it is sad because... Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I if they just had magic mind, you know. <laughs> well, I, I think of like Houdini and like part of part of this sort of you know quest that he set out on, like in his later in his life, to basically kind of debunk all of the spiritualist stuff as like pure, you know, charlatans. It, it the reason why is because he like truly wanted to like communicate with his mom after she had yeah. passed. And, like, it is really sad when you see these people just, you know, I mean, I mean, just think about it. Like, back then, like, we didn't have, like, you know, the technology and, like, the advancements mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, like, you can just imagine these, you know, like, sort of, not really Victorians, but, like, this, like, you know, very wealthy folks. Like, imagine how many thousands of dollars they probably handed over to mm-hmm. these charlatans. And it sucks because, like, they they were doing it just because they wanted, like, some sort of sign, some sort of, like, yeah. semblance of, like, oh, my my son that died or my, you know, whatever that died, like, is still around and they're still, like, communicating with me. Like, it's pretty sad. Yeah. I mean, dude, it, it's kind of like it is, it's, I don't know. For me, I guess throughout my life, Anytime I've seen any of those people, you know, the famous one that would get on Montel Williams or or mm-hmm. this guy uh, who's like the, the celebrity one, the, the, his name's Tyler also, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you see all these things and you kind of like, I feel bad no matter what because it's like you're taking, I mean, yeah, in a way to me it's like, you're taking advantage of somebody in a very delicate time. And it's the only reason, you know, there, I guess there's a difference though. Like this guy didn't start out trying to communicate with his son. This was just part of it, you know, later on. Yeah. Right. So, you know, uh, it's just, I can see how sometimes 
when you're grieving and you're wanting, oh, yeah. um, you know, that connection with that loved one mm-hmm. that you can mistake in certain things uh, to be them communicating. And, and you know what? It makes you feel better. And guess what, man? That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like the stuff of like, I mean, I don't know. Let's back it up a little bit and let's talk about the first one. So you're sitting around this table. I mean, just imagine that it's like us, our, you know, like me, you, and Courtney, uh, some other friends, like five couples, right? Mm-hmm. And we're sitting around our Dungeons and Dragons table mm-hmm. downstairs. Yeah. And we decided to do this, which, by the way, we never would. Not even a million years, dude. Mm-hmm. You couldn't pay me. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Ever. Someone says, hey, man, well, a million dollars. I mean. Then that might change my mind. Yeah. But uh, no. I mean, not really, though, dude. Because I don't know what I'm inviting into my house here. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I I, I, I think it's it's that idea of like... Because, like, as soon as you said that, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll do it, like, outside of my house. But then at the same time, like, you had that, that you hear stories of, like, those, like, sort of hitchhiker sort of mm-hmm. type spirits. And, like, you know, to me, I'll, I don't really know why I associate these things with, like, gin also. But I, always, mm. I also kind of feel that it's probably something existing within that same, like, space. Like, I feel like it's yeah. It's Here's the similar, thing. you know. I know what you're talking about whenever you reference things like gin, mm-hmm. but just in case we've got a new listener mm. to the show, what is it, you know, you're not talking about the liquor. So no, no. explain what your, at least the short version. Yeah. Okay, Pat? Uh, so of, of what you mean by gin. So the gin are these sort of beings. I think they're... Um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, what what religion am I thinking of? I just lost. It. I mean, like a lot of Middle Eastern and like areas of like India and everything, and mm-hmm. gosh, even Asia in general, yeah, have like jinn in their folklore yeah. and or belief system. But basically, they believe that that there was sort of a process. So God created the angels, humans, and then there was also a, another like subset of beings that he created called the jinn, and they're. You know, that's where terms like genies are sort of derived from. And much like how fairies were sort of whitewashed in our popular zeitgeist by Disney, you know, genies and djinn, uh, they kind of did mm-hmm. the same thing with them. And their belief... Kind of, but I'm just saying, hold on real quick. Okay. You got to remember, like, before Disney, you know, the book, uh, you know... Yeah, ten, uh, Aladdin and, and, a, and all that stuff. A Thousand stuff and One Arabian existed. Nights, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, but, but what I'm saying is even in that, they were much like the fae or fairies. They they weren't just like, oh, we're these... We're the, we just show up and we grant you wishes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were more like these beings that kind of lived almost in like a like a sort of multiple like dimension but still sort of on our plane of existence so and again i'm i haven't like researched this in a long time but from what i remember it's something where they believe that god created them from smokeless fire i believe Mm. which a lot of folks have kind of looked at as like well that would be what we think of as like plasma now which is interesting because Mm -hmm. you know these like orbs and we've talked about that before, you know, specifically I have because I had these experiences where I kind of believe that whatever state they were occupying, like it was, it at least looked like like plasma. You know, it's like an energy yeah. type kind of thing. But anyway, yeah, these djinn are, they're known for be to, to be sort of, you know, that same trickster archetype. They, part of the reason that, you know, the whole 
mythos of like, oh, the genie is in a lamp and you rub the lamp and it comes out. Part of the reason that we even have that is is derived from the idea that like these jinn are able to like sort of occupy items. And so there's some, actually some really interesting stories of soldiers that would come back from like the sort of Desert Storm era, mm-hmm. uh, Iraq and Iran and stuff. and stuff. Yeah, and they would, you know, they would they would go to a market or whatever, and they would, you know, get their their wife or, or their loved one like a little ring or a whatever, and then they would come back, and you know, they were dealing with just massive amounts of like depression, and everything was super dark. And I mean, obviously, they were at a, in a war zone, so yes, there is that aspect, but it was mm-hmm. like all this, like they're, they're losing weight, they have no you know, whatever, and then they would realize, you know, looking online or researching whatever, they would realize that, like, oh, wait a minute, like, I have this thing, and well, maybe it's like a gin is has sort of, and, you know, they get rid of said item, and within, like, days, it's like this black cloud is sort of lifted lifted off of them. Yeah. But the gin are, like, pretty creepy. I, I do kind of think that they're probably... You know, from like a like a Christian sort of standpoint, I would say that they're probably in that same vein of like demons in a way. But but it is weird because the people that kind of speak up for the jinn would say, no, they're not. They're not like dark, and they're they're they can have like families, and like mm. it's like this other sort of plane of existence where they're like normal sort of beings, as we would think of how like humans sort of live so there's like family families there's like hierarchies there's like governments within like the sort of jinn realm but i don't know there's still some i don't know once you start looking into it it is a little spooky because like a Mm. a lot of the Mm -hmm. time like it's hard to like get rid of this stuff if right right bring it in and it kind of it comes back to that conversation that we have sometimes when we're talking about like uh you know other potential beings mm-hmm. that exist other than just like a live human right 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 spirit human yeah you know yeah maybe there's other i don't know combinations of of different things and like mm-hmm. you know if you if if you look up the word gin and if you're curious listeners there's a couple different ways to spell it one is with a d and in that case the d of course is silent so it's d-j-i-n yep. and then another one is j-i-n-n i believe mm-hmm. right yeah Yep. And I think not just specific to sort of like the Islamic culture and stuff, they do kind of talk about them in a way that's sort of like, you know, Satan and jinn can influence yeah, they're like, humans they're separate, in, in a negative yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting because then you've got this just like, it's just this cast of characters mm-hmm. that exist outside of just sort of like what I just mentioned, you know, God, mm-hmm. Satan, humans, wait, wait, and which, spirits. Which I kind of wondered too if, Again, from like a biblical perspective, you know, there, there's like terms like principalities and uh, what am I trying to say? Like, so basically it talks about how angels and like demons are kind they sort of can occupy like areas even and like powers and thrones and principalities. There's like, there, there's sort of these, you know, like I said before, these like sort of multi-tier of like characters. And I, I just, I, I do wonder if, if a lot of times there there is like overlap, like oh well, whenever they're talking about like principalities and and thrones and like anything that's other than like God and angels, 
I wonder if these other things are kind of the same thing as like, they're just called gin in this other, you know, belief system mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it also comes back to sometimes we talk about how potentially there's like, again, this crazy cast of strange and interesting characters, mm-hmm. or maybe it's not as diverse as we think. And a lot of them are the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're just wearing different masks, really. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a pretty common one. After these messages, we'll be right back. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Or a vampire. You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? Don't you? And anyone out there wants We're fighters for truth, justice. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. I mean, it, it is like a, I don't know. I, I do think that we're, we're very ill-equipped, just humans in general, to, you know, we're naturally like curious beings. And so... It's it's hard not to like think about like okay what what's hap- what happens like when we continue on like what happened when you know my loved one passed on like are they able to like see us and like mm-hmm. you know I mean uh, again like looking into the Bible there's like a crowd of witnesses that I believe are able to kind of you know see us in our like best of times and our uh, like successes and that kind of stuff but then at the same time it's like if that's not your belief system it's easy to like me with the the my orb situation it was mm-hmm. it was almost impossible for me to like stop that curiosity mm-hmm. and i think i think and again you can go back to that episode hear more about this rad strangeness on that would be rad season 2 episode 39 the orb episode where i talk about the orbs but it was i i, I don't believe that the original orbs were malevolent. I believe that it was some sort of thing that we don't quite know about. Maybe it is some sort of, I do believe that there were, it was like a conscious. I think, I think it was like a, um, what am I trying to say, Woody? Like, like it was like a, like mm-hmm. sentient being. It had mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, will basically. Yeah. But I think my obsession with it after I started seeing these things like on kind of a regular basis. And again, this goes back to to these seances and like uh, spirit sessions where they started doing it every week. They started pouring this like intention and this thought into this thing. And I think because of that, like every waking moment, I'm looking through like forums of like trying to find people that have experienced the same thing. And then that's when those sort of wobbly, very neutral in my mind, things that I was seeing, that turned into this, like, massively scary feeling of dread. These, like, what looked like camera flashes, like, flashing across my room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't just me that saw it. It was my wife, too, which you can... you I, I go into great detail in the episode, but, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of a scary thing because we're, we can't see past the veil, is what I'm trying to say. And yeah. But our natural curiosity leads us to those places of like obsession and trying to find out and trying to like find the end of our curiosity. And I think sometimes that does 
open the door for these things like the djinn or, you know, demons or whatever you want to call them, you know. Yeah. I mean, again, it goes back to, like, do you really want to invite that stuff in your house? Yeah. Or should you just avoid it altogether? Because it's always, it's the unknown sort of end result Mm -hmm. that I don't really want to mess with, man. Yeah, yeah. What's funny, too, is, like, even, so for the longest time, like, I wasn't really scared of that stuff. Like, I I definitely have Mm -hmm. a belief in it. But even back then, it like, I would have never done any of this stuff like in my house you know yeah because like i even when i was like eh, i think it's probably you know whatever whatever my like belief was at the time like i still had enough sort of wisdom to to be like yeah but i would never you know break open the ouija board like in my house i just feel like i don't know i feel like it's just sort of a common knowledge kind of thing uh, but then again, like, you know, you do hear about these sort of hitchhikers that kind of, you know, tack on to you. So, I don't know. It's it's probably best just Man. not to even get into any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, like, it kind of opens up to something that I thought, you know, maybe we'd talk about over on the uh, on the Patreon. But it's like maybe some of these things aren't ghosts or spirits at all. Mm. You know, I don't really know. It, that doesn't really get explained with this guy, this is also one of the first times that I've ever heard of anyone sort of explaining that they saw a full, like they could see somebody's face and recognize them as like, oh, that's the guy that died mm. 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time it's just we heard a voice and they're like, no, I think the name starts with an R. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, right. Uh, we don't all, have anybody. Although the, oh, the I, I didn't mean R. I meant like uh, like an O. <laughs> Is there anybody in the audience who's recently lost someone whose name started with an O? Like, have you ever seen those YouTube videos? And it's just dedicated to like the failures of people like that lady on Montel. No, Williams? but I love that stuff. Hilarious. Yeah, stuff. I love it. it. It's just like I, I don't know. I just I. I want to see those like charlatan types just fail miserably. Uh, oh, by the way, dominions—that was the other word that I was thinking of. That the cast of uh, thrones, principalities, angels, mm-hmm. like. But yeah, I it it did remind me when you said like the the they would see like faces like coming through the curtain and they would say, "Oh, that looks like my, you know, cousin Eddie that passed away." That kind of does remind me of sometimes you you hear of like in like sort of demonic possession or exorcism type stuff, you know the the person's like face would sort of change into like other Oof. other faces, which is pretty terrifying. Yeah, but it does kind of. Yeah. It's like I wonder if like is that the is the same thing going on here? You know. Mm-hmm. And I'll openly admit, like with the interest of. I guess contacting a, a, a dear loved one who's passed on, mm-hmm. that could push me into the realm of trying it out. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But again, it's the case of, is this a person that's just taking advantage of my grief? Yeah. In other words, like the grief industry, dude, mm-hmm. is an interesting one. Yeah. You know? Because there's a lot of money uh, there's a lot of money in that white powder. Yeah. There's a lot of money uh, involved in that industry that, you know, 
I mean, at the end of the day, kind of sometimes they can just sort of name their price, mm -hmm. you know? And you just go with it because you're just grieving. And this is just like yeah. taking it to the next level. And so I can see from that perspective, though, and that sort of angle, how and, and why I would be sort of convinced to per pursue something like that. Mm -hmm. Outside of that and just sort of like entertainment value, interest, I've got no... I don't, I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. I don't care. It's not necessarily that I'm like scared of that. It's just like, oh, you it's are. It's just been deeply ingrained into my like being that it's just like, you just don't mess with that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's no point, you know, like there's a lot of stuff that we don't understand and that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it could just be just 100% BS that over several hundred years of people doing this, it kind of just worked its way into our culture and, and zeitgeist in a way that we kind of, wonder about it mm -hmm. but it's just you know ultimately somebody just being like is somebody in the audience I'm, I'm seeing like a C, I'm seeing the letter C I've got the letter C here oh man I know somebody that can I buy a vowel that, that, you know I mean it's just dude yeah yeah the 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 make fun of videos when they're just failing on you know it's just hilarious yeah I uh I mean the, I, I will say like I I do think there's like legitimacy in some of these you know, these cases, I just, and I, I think, I think there could be people that like, you know, may have certain like abilities. I don't think it's necessarily all bad mm -hmm. per se, but I feel like when it's, when, you know, and, th and this does kind of suck f for them because it's like you have a quote unquote like ability. So it's like, you know, why not, it, you know, make money from it. But at the same time, it's like, like you were saying, like, with anything associated with like grief and like that kind of thing, it's like, it just rubs me the wrong way big time. And then I also think that like anytime that it's like, like a common sort of occurrence, like a recurring kind of thing, it's sort of like, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just like my own sort of belief in it, but it's sort of like, I don't know. This, this is either extremely fake or, it's obviously like something else kind of masquerading as, you know. Yeah. You know, you're... you're it's kind of hard, too, to like sort of explain away all of this guy's stories because we don't have any other like witnesses, basically. Right. This is just all him saying like, yeah, man, I'll write an article for you. Mm -hmm. Brrr, yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Um, he's probably long since died. Oh, yeah. And he's the one that uh, turned off the recording software earlier. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But, you know... It, it, I think we talked about this in our episode, like when we answered the age old question, what are ghosts, mm -hmm. you know? And hear more about this rad strangeness on That Would Be Rad, season two, episode 34. What are ghosts? It's something that I think we're going to constantly wonder about, you know, very difficult to prove. I mean, there's all kinds of different things, you know, that have occurred over time with being able to photograph people's like auras and energies mm -hmm. and um there's uh, i don't know there's all kinds of different theories about that and I, I remember you know a common thing is like well why don't we ever see <clears throat> why don't we ever see anybody dressed up in, in modern clothes mm -hmm. you know and i dude trust me man in fact as i'm reading this article i'm like pretty skeptical about probably all of it mm -hmm. but at the same time Given that question, why don't we see people in just like normal modern clothes? Hey, look, man, we don't know what the rules are. Yeah. We don't know if you're just like, all right, man, <laughs> you've been, you know, and time works differently in the afterlife. 
potentially. Yeah, I mean, right? time is a flat circle. <laughs> um, come on, mm-hmm. I just mean like we don't we don't know the rules, right? And so it's it doesn't necessarily make sense. And I get it. Like, why is this Victorian era person talking to me? Mm-hmm. But then you hear like this guy's stories where he's like, yeah, I talked to my son all the time. He died six months ago. Oof. Yeah. Or my dead disappeared dog came and visited me. Mm-hmm. But you hear about all these stories. So am I to believe that there's that look? Yes. There are people that may have some mental health issues mm-hmm. that have very uh, real and seemingly real sort of hallucinations right, and things. Right, yeah. that, that is something that exists. Has there been an increase in that over time? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I think there are stories that you read about and hear about about people being able to communicate with those outside of our uh, you know, own sort of reality or perspective and, oh, yeah. and all that. You know, it's, it's wild. What, one of the things that I do think is... Interesting, and and we've talked. You and I have talked about this before. I don't. I don't know that we've ever mentioned it on the show, but it is that idea of like, okay, uh, hypothetically, and I'm taking any of my like beliefs off the table, but hypothetically, mm-hmm. let's say that there are spirits of folks that have passed on. We've talked about this sort of idea that you know maybe there is like a specific amount of time that they can still sort of show up on a realm before before it sort of, you know, they sort of kind of... They catch the bus. Yeah, before they... Up to go upstairs. Well, and one of the things that's interesting is like, you know, I mentioned this before. I mean, we're talking like like around the era of like, like Greek and Roman history. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. oldest ghost story is from uh, a guy named Pliny the Elder. And we're talking like mm-hmm. way, you know, forever ago, like pre... Christ kind of times. And yeah. that's like always been so interesting to me because it's like, okay, well, if they were like kind of viewing this stuff then, and then, you know, from that, it takes me to, you know, throughout history in like a, I mean, this would have been probably like even pre-Victorian era where they, they, they were seeing, you know, like for us, we see these like sort of Victorian kind of quote unquote, like ghosts or whatever. You know, when you think of like a haunted house or like say you go to, you know, you go to England and there's like a haunted pub or whatever, you're going to usually see like a Victorian. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with this sort of romanticism kind of surrounding that. However, I do think it's really interesting because these like Victorians and pre-Victorians, there are stories where they were seeing like th- there's a specific story and I cannot remember. I'll find it for the before we we uh, record the next episode, but mm-hmm. there's a story where around that era of, uh, I think it was in London, and they see, like, this whole troop of, like, Roman soldiers just, like, walk through the middle of this. Oh, yes, I've heard of that. Like, yeah. pub. Well, that happened with, like, Civil War soldiers and stuff, too. Right, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so I just think that's really interesting because those pre-Victorians or even Victorians, you know, it's interesting that they're seeing, like, Roman soldiers, whereas, like, Mm -hmm. us, we're seeing Victorians. And it's that kind of, like, like little window of time that, like, these things are kind of able to exist in and then they kind of disappear, you know. I think that's interesting. It's 
it's super interesting. It's it's also one of those things, like I said just a few minutes ago, it's like this is going to be a conversation that we always have as as humans, mm-hmm. you know, until we don't, you know. Right. And, and and what I mean by that is when we can hopefully get the answers on the, uh, on the other side. Oh, yeah. So it's something that I think has fascinated and and caused us to question everything since sort of the dawn of man if you will i mean really mm-hmm. and, and and it like it's incorporated in so much of of even pop culture throughout every culture i mean oh for example so recently i finished um naruto the entire series naruto mm-hmm. and you know several months ago i bought like the first publication of of shonen jump in english um was first published in the U.S. in this big sort of format in 2003. Anyway, one of the um, featured manga in it was this manga called Yu Yu Hakusho. And it's super interesting because the whole premise of this story is this guy who basically is kind of a troublemaker, you know, not a bully necessarily, but he, he's kind of, he kind of, I don't know, hangs around with, it's a very like 1950s sort of vibe to mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. like he's kind of like a greaser in a way in that sort of Japanese style and hangs out with like a, I say gang very loosely, not, not in the same way as, as we were thinking of it, but these are like ruffians. Okay. Yeah. And he's leading kind of a, not a great life. Well, he sees this kid who's playing with like a soccer ball and the kid's about to get hit by this car and he dives to save the kid and ends up dying. Really intense sort of premise for a, uh, a young, a young kid. Oh yeah manga comic you know mm-hmm. but what's cool is rather than uh hold on just a second i'll, I'll read you the premise because it's actually it does it better than i can hold on plus the translation stuff is really interesting so yu yu hakusho which means poltergeist files or literally the playful ghost white paper Man. was originally printed in japan from 1990 to 1994 in the weekly shonen jump magazine Uh, Yusuke Yurameshi was a teen delinquent, he's the main character, until one selfless act changed his life by ending it. When he died saving a little kid from a speeding car, the afterlife didn't know what to do with him. So they decided to give him a chance to come back to life. Now, Yusuke is the toughest ghost in Tokyo with the spirit guide Botan helping him on the road to resurrection. Mm. So basically... Botan essentially is the fairy woman of the Sanzu River known as the River of Sticks in Western mythology. Mm, mm-hmm. And she kind of keeps track of his progress and all this. So he's kind of like dealing with some of the stuff that we're talking about now. Like he sees people picking on this kid. He helps out that kid. He's got to do like some good deeds basically right. to kind of earn his right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, that reminds me of kind of like, is there sort of a world surrounding us that has its own sort of day-to-day stuff going on Mm -hmm. that we don't even know because we can't see it. And kind of going back to the title, are there invisible beings walking the earth all around us? Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I mean, and and I posed this like just before we close out here, but what if these, you know, seances, like I, I know that, I know that when we think of seances and, and these sort of spirit communication sessions, like you think of like, okay, we're we're really leaning in. We're really like opening ourselves up to communicate with this these other like spirits or whatever, what have you. But what if what if all that's really doing, it has nothing to do with actually communicating with any spirit, 
But all of that like thought and all of that sort of, you know, sort of manifestation, if you will, of, of whatever. What if all that's doing is like physically kind of thinning out this, the, the veil? So, so whatever like these beings are that are like already there or, um, you know, maybe it's like a time thing or like a multidimensional kind of thing where these these beings, you know, like we were talking about with the gin earlier, like mm-hmm. they're already there. They're already hanging out. And like by by doing these like seances and all this stuff, all they're doing is like sort of, you know, maybe their minds are like physically like sort of thinning out that veil so that so that they're able to communicate with what was already there, you know. I think mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an, an interesting way to look at it too. Yeah. Well, another thing that just popped in my head while you were while you were talking about that. Now, I was paying attention to what you were you saying. Were not. This is just in addition to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Another thing I just thought about was when you think about like the like if you, when you just think about creation, just you know humans. Okay. Mm-hmm. For a second, let's all just hop into. There's something greater than greater meaning there's some purpose and thought behind there's a power mm-hmm. a uh behind human beings being human beings mm-hmm. and it's not just a culmination of a series of traits evolving into a, now it's a human okay for just a second mm-hmm. so let's just make it a, a, a an agreement for this thought exercise that there is a higher power mm-hmm. of some sort okay a creator when you think about it in terms of there being sort of like an infinite amount of like souls or something, mm-hmm. and you think about like like how to scale that, not to put like a business hat on it, but it's sort of like, okay, look, we got a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. We got to, they got to go through this thing called life. How are we going to do that? Oh, well, um, hey man, uh, you know, what about just, what about using this? You know, we've got this earth we'll just jam them on there. Mm-hmm. In other words, if we're kind of coexisting at the same time while people are doing similar things but different sort of quote-unquote dimension, and, and, you know, and I know, I hope that this kind of stuff doesn't just like turn people off and turn people away. Yeah. This isn't in any way what I'm saying I believe necessarily. It's just, it's a cool thing to think about oh, yeah. as a possibility of why people potentially mistaken uh, seeing ghosts or spirits or heck, even aliens or Bigfoot mm-hmm. or any of that stuff. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe one of the the explanations could be that it's just that we're all sort of just here kind of simultaneously. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and and just to kind of follow up with what you were just saying, like that is one of the things about this show, I think, that I, I don't know that people probably always get it. I think our longtime listeners probably do for sure, but with a lot of this stuff, like, we're not saying it as, like, we believe 100% everything we're talking about. Again, this goes back to two best friends talking for the sake mm. of posterity to leave to our kids someday. And it's just us just talking about things that we're into and we think is, you know, things that have, like, sort of piqued our interest. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, this whole thing is kind of a thought experiment. I mean, like, you know, I know we we talk about, like, reincarnation and... I don't know where I land on reincarnation. I it I have a hard time with it lining up with sort of my own personal belief system. But then at the same time, like, it's impossible for me just to write it off as like, oh, well, it's all just fake. Because I don't necessarily, 
I think there is like pretty strong evidence that like something is going on, but you know, it's, it's something to, to talk about and it's, it's just fun to kind of throw this stuff around, like, you know, between, between two best friends. Mm-hmm. So, well, and it's just funny coming off of a, a week where we're just like, in any way, in Terminator 2, <laughs> right? Uh, and, you know, and then yeah. now it's like, invisible beings walk the earth. Yeah. So, I mean, I think all in all, the article is super interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally, you know, 1948 mm-hmm. it was written. And then he, he, you know, he's referencing 20 years previous. So I guess like kind of closer to that spiritualist sort of movement. Mm. I'm not even aware. This is how like little I know about it truthfully. I don't know if it's a good thing to admit that, but uh, you know, hey, listeners, yeah, I'm not over here. I'm not going to make things. This is the trust tree with you. Mm. I'm telling you the truth mm-hmm. here, okay? I'm not that familiar with the spiritualist movement in terms of what's it, what is it like in the modern era, meaning is there a, an, a, a movement of that kind of stuff now mm-hmm. taking place? No idea. And honestly, that's where my interest like ends. Mm-hmm. So if you know, if you're listening and you're like, actually, I'm a part of that and we do it every Saturday night at my house. <laughs> hey, look, man, I'm not going to make fun of you. <laughs> I want to hear about that. Let us know. Yeah. You know, that, that stuff's interesting. And uh, of course, as always, we'll kind of keep your name private and, and all that if you'd like us to. But if you know anybody that does... Mm-hmm you know, dabble in that kind of stuff. I'd, I'd like to hear about it at least. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, even piggybacking off of that, I think if any of you guys have like a topic also, I mean, I feel like we're, we're pretty versed in a lot of the, the things, even the, you know, C, D, E level topics that, you know, not your quote unquote, like normies are going to know about. Like, I feel like we're pretty good with knowing about a lot of this stuff, but Hey man, we're always super open. So if you guys have any ideas of like a possible show topic that you like to hear us talk about or tackle, hey, we're all about it. Like we're we're not too sort of uh, egotistical to to be like, nah, hey, we got it, we got it covered. Yeah. Like, hey, we're this is just again, it's two best friends talking about things we're into. So if it's something we've never heard of, or maybe something that we've planned on talking about, which there's millions at this point that, you know, we'll eventually get around to, like, shoot us a DM, shoot us a message, let us know, because we'd love to, uh, we'd love to hear about it. If you want to contact us, head on over to Instagram, uh, shoot us a DM, jump in the comments. Like I said, tell us a topic that you'd love to hear about. It's, it's always... Real quick, speaking of that, I got to give props to our listener, Jason, who sent us, after listening to last week's episode, Mm -hmm. and I just sent this to you to look at this, man. So check out your Instagram right now, Tyler, while I'm while I'm talking. So this is what he you've been doing. This, this reel called creep. No, I've just been waiting to, to give Jason props and I'm doing okay. it now. This was from last week when we were talking about different things that, that movies kind of got away with, specifically in the sci-fi 80s and 90s realm uh, or genre. But <laughs> I had never seen this before. And the title of the reel is Creepy Kid in Back to the Future 3 points to his crotch. <laughs> now, I have never noticed this in my life, but I'm so glad you sent this to us, Jason, because I may have never laughed so hard either. <laughs> you know, do you see Do you see what I'm talking about? First, this kid, I'm describing it to you, listener. You got to look it up. This kid kind of like does this sort of like come here gesture. Mm-hmm. And, and he's one of Doc Brown's kids at the end of Back to the Future 3. Yeah. And then after he does the come here gesture, he just points and is dingling area. <laughs> I just... Okay. I just watched it. What? Have you... Like, I've never noticed that. What? 
amazing. How did that, how did that what? not get cut? What would be the reason of that? This kid's crazy, man. We got to dive into deeper into that. We're going to do some more research on that, Jason. We're going to find this kid. We're going to have him on the show. Yeah, that's fascinating, man. Wow. Weird. Yeah, cut to he is uh, locked up. <laughs> yeah. He's incarcerated oh, for being a weirdo. Okay. Definitely. Sorry, I didn't, I, you were talking about DMing us on Instagram and, mm-hmm. I, and it just kind of, uh, you know, reminded me to, to thank Jason for sending that. Go ahead. Thank you very much, Jason. And if anybody else has any bizarre sort of finds that they've they've ran across yeah head on over to instagram if you want to tell us something that's a little more long form shoot it to that would be radpod at gmail.com even better head on over to the website that would be radpodcast.com where you can do all the things and if you do have your own urban legend or a show topic you'd like to hear or all those things you can leave like a little voicemail to us and uh, we'd love to hear about it If you're not getting enough, that would be rad. Goodness, head on over to our Patreon, The Rabbit Trail, where it's just more of what you love. It's loosier, it's goosier, and uh, yeah, it's it's just two best friends talking. So hit us up, let us know you love the show, tell a single friend about the show, leave a five-star review if you have the time, and we appreciate all of those things. You got anything else, Woody? I think that's it, man. All right, pal. Well, we love you. We appreciate you, and as always, be rad. That's the way it